So if this were the writer's room, yeah, Martyr would be pacing and Roselle would be lying under the table. Yeah. <laughs> like, pro- He'd be shredding paper. Shredding paper of some sort, like into tiny pieces. Rob would pieces. be lifting. Glenn would be getting a blood transfusion. <laughs> Glenn would be drinking like would a, hun- a hundred raw egg yolks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, you sit down so you get oh, near the mic. God damn it. Getting all this great content. Uh, I haven't seen Martyr in a while. No. I know. We're going to have to catch well, up. Feel free to like pry. Oh, yeah, we're going to dig in. We're going to get into some stuff. I listened to one on the way over here. You did? One of these? The gang sells out. And so you're like, oh, that's what it sounds like when Robin, Charlie, and Glenn talk to one another. I turned it off pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I've never listened to a single podcast ever across anything. I've never listened to it. What Just because I'm to? rigid. And don't. You well, are missing out, man, on a lot of what quality entertainment. Playing? What do I have playing? I don't know. I, I music. I don't. Well, let me tell you something. It's not like I even listen. I used to listen to only Stern, music. and I fell off of that with <laughs> pandemic. Like I don't know. I don't just listen. music. <laughs> just music. It, but it's kind of like me with candy and fruit and stuff. Like I've just decided I'm not gonna dip into podcasts at I all. Mean, Mm, Which isn't smart. Out. I hear like I'm missing out on yeah, tons of great stuff. Yeah, you're missing out because like if like um, you know if there's someone you really are interested in and admire, like uh, here's an example. Like I love Paul Thomas Anderson. I love his movies. I think he's a brilliant guy. There's some great like Marin sits and talks with him for two hours. And I hear it's you, great. You just get you yeah. don't. Outside the, pro- of the podcast, you just get little bits of things, so you never really get into any sort of quality. I think part I, I work from home all the time, so I I feel like there's no commute uh, anywhere. So get you I've got no more. I've got no drive time anymore. That's true. We got to get you driving more. I haven't yeah. driven in a in a, quite some time to a destination. And, <laughs> this uh, was a nice change. Of pace. I did it. <laughs> get the fuck out! So you guys now are just. Oh, well, let's go. Let's let's not. Yeah. Let's go. Let's start at the beginning. Yeah, you, let's start at the beginning. Uh, all right, this is the podcast. Rob Glenn have declined to show up. Great. On not because of you day. guys. It would have been uh, cool if you weren't here either, and it was just Rob and I. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's kind of like we were kind of bamboozled room. here. The, the red writer, carpet. It's like you guys showed up the writers' room. We're not there either. There's a rewrite that we owe in the last season. Like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, so they're, they're, they're they're a complete excited. trick. They're excited about us being on, though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're really happy we're here. Yeah, they're super happy. Uh, I can feel that. No, I'm sure they're going to be bummed to miss this. Um, we just only have four chairs, so. Yeah, we only have four I get chairs. That. So this is. This I, is I, can, I can get behind that. Where do I begin? Uh, okay. Well, first of all, how many seasons did you guys write on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I think uh, I think I was there for 13. 13? No, 11. 11. Wow. I was there for 11 seasons. I'd have to calculate it. Probably 11, 10 or 11. Because you, okay. you left for a few seasons and I came on for a few seasons. So oftentimes they'll hear us talking about Martyr and Roselle. Uh, so uh, on the podcast we have here for our listeners at home, uh, Rob Roselle and Scott Martyr. And uh, you guys came on in season three and I, I would say made um, a huge impact on the show just in terms of your tone of comedy and, and what you guys brought to the show. It really sort of changed the direction and the tone of the show made it so much better and uh, we held on to you for as long as we possibly could until your careers were just taking off and, and we couldn't we couldn't pin you down anymore but uh then got you back on the down we came crawling back we got, we got you guys yeah, crawling back older, in, the last, yeah. in the last two seasons thank god but uh um i want to go all the way back to the beginning 
had you guys been staffed up on a television show before you worked with us, or was ours your first show? No, we had we'd only we'd done one thing, right? The camp movie that was (laughs) American Summer. Some sort of it almost the American Pie franchise. (laughs) (laughs) We met with a guy who had he had I'm no joke five cell phones on a table. (laughs) When we we met him at the Grand Havana Room, yes, at a cigar cigar club in Beverly Hills. When we met him, he was at a table with all of his medication on the table, as if he had dumped his medicine cabinet on the table. And he's like, "Sorry, baby, I'm trying to regulate my pills." Like, what a crazy red flag. We still. Ignored that, got into business with him, like, oh, and then it was a this nightmare. People do. This this is is he would call at all hours of the day. Like he'd call at four p.m. I love it, baby. I love what you're doing. He called four a.m. I'm terrified. I think the movie's going under. Like we're like, God damn it. Did he pay you guys? It a very bro- little. It broke down to like a nickel an hour. I mean, yeah. yeah. So he sort of had drummed up his own kind of. He had contract. some. I mean, he was a. Uh, won't say his name, but he was a successful producer who had made a few hits. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, so it seemed we like, were big time. So he seemed legitimate. He seemed legitimate. The cigar bar was a red flag. Being paid sort of like out of his pocket was uh, a bit of a red flag. <laughs> no one really asking for the. It was unclear what the plan for the movie was, but he seemed to have a plan, and we didn't know anything, and yeah. we didn't have jobs. So, wait, can I back up even further? So you guys were a writing team. Uh, yeah. When you started, see, I always thought you just were paired up on Sunny, but you oh, were no. you came in as yeah. We went to Syracuse together. Oh, I didn't know. We that. came out yeah. to L.A. ready to write. <laughs> we were roommates. So <laughs> yes. you were two funny guys uh, who went to Syracuse, uh, came to L.A., got teamed up with a man full of pills and cell phones. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And wrote a feature for this man. Uh, was it a feature? Or was it a feature? Tel- it was a feature. Okay. It was a feature. Um, so now a good example of the way. The impact you guys had on the show is even you telling me that story right now, we would be like, okay, right. We have to do something where Frank is pitching someone a thing and he's got five cell phones on the table (laughs) and a pile of pills. Like just the very sort of idiosyncratic sense of humor and the way you guys look at the world changed what we were doing. So we started doing things like rum hams and milk steaks. But but before we get into that, okay, so you've done that and it had gone over – it kind of petered out. It was unclear what happened. It overlapped with our first season at Sunny. We had an agent who was sending us out. We would meet on shows. We were just like, we would have worked on anything, but uh, no one wanted to hire us, and we got a lot of maybe next season, and then Sunny popped up as a, our agent told us that they were hiring. We were taking a swing that long. I mean, we wrote we wrote a Golden Girls spec. It's, it's, just creates more drama. <laughs> we were we were one day away from being broke. We shared a bank account like Ben and Matt. Oh yeah. We, uh, we, well, you said like you said we wrote this Golden Girls spec that was called Golden Girls Gone Wild. That was like a crazy episode, and and it got a lot really positive response. And we were feeling like the momentum of like we're going to get staff soon. And then yeah. Sunny popped up, and we're like, that's our favorite show. This is the perfect spec for it. And we sent it to you guys, and you guys didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember reading the Golden Girls spec, but here's- do, you, do you remember what Barry said he did? I mean, that's what our agent claimed he did because you guys were like, yeah, it's too crazy. So Barry claims, our agent back in the day, a claim that he tore the page off of another sample we had and it was like, if you don't like those guys, check out these guys. And you're like, these guys got the stuff. <laughs> and it was yeah. a Reno 911 we had written. And mm. that got us, Sonny. Unlikely, you know. I, 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 <laughs> I, I here's what I do remember. So that that this was our first season hiring writers. Mm-hmm. We'd done season one, and we'd done season two, and we were going into season three. And in season two, uh, Hornsby wrote an episode, but outside of that, uh, we 
we worked with another guy named um, I think his name was Rich Dom who wrote an episode, oh, yeah. but we ended From up not onion. using it. And uh, so this was our first time staffing up. We didn't really know how to do it. So we were just meeting people. Maybe we were reading spec scripts, but I think it was more, okay, who do the agents think we should meet with uh, from all sorts of levels, like high-level guys and, and, and young writers, uh, you know, men and women all over this, uh, the spectrum of, of uh, where they're at with their career. And we had asked for people to pitch us potential episodes of Sunny. And you guys came in and you pitched us the thing about Frank being in a street gang called the Yellow Jackets with a bunch of old guys. Well, I have an addendum to that because I just listened to the gang sells out on the way over here. Okay. The, the Yellow Jackets and Hockey. Hockey was Martyr's dad. Yeah. And oh, yeah. He was, in, he was in the Yellow Jackets gang, right? Uh, he was the fastest thing on two feet. That's why everyone called him Hockey. The actor was your father? <laughs> no. He, oh, ba- the actor after. was based on my father. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you guys came in. You pitched us that, which we thought was hilarious. You probably told us stories about your father. And we were like, <laughs> these two guys are brilliant. Maybe I remember reading in Reno 911, but it was it was— it, it never really had much to do with the spec script. It usually had to do with, do, do we feel like we're going to get funny ideas from these guys? Do they get what we're trying to make? You know, sometimes people would come, oftentimes they would pitch us things and they were all just about like STDs. And, and gets herpes. We were we were warned to not do that going in. Like, don't pitch him STD stuff. It's we like, really? oh, no. Yeah, yeah, we were. Like, 11th hour, like, hey, 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 no sex, no sex. <laughs> You're like, shoot me. That's definitely like five ideas. Think, yeah. Well, I think people were, were, they were thinking it was just a gross out show. Yes. And so they were pitching like bottom of the barrel kind of gross out humor. <laughs> and we didn't want that. We wanted something like, yeah, Danny used to be in a street gang, <laughs> and like, and that they street gangs used to sing, and uh, the humor in that. So I remember, yeah, I remember it was a no brainer to hire you guys. Do you guys um, remember your interview with them? I remember, I remember it. Yeah, I don't remember all of the ideas we pitched. I we definitely, a few of them. we definitely pitched the flipping, flipping the coke. That was when we pitched on that first day. That became an episode. Oh yeah, I feel like yeah, yeah. The two horse. or three of the ones we pitched in our interview became episodes that, that season, Peter which Nink, was cool. Nickapoop yeah. horse. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know what we were. <laughs> yeah, selling cocaine. You mean? Yeah. yeah. Then we had this crappy, crappy building in uh, where, where, where Manhattan Beach. Sort it, of. No, in Playa del Rey. Yeah, like, yeah Playa uh, del Rey. Right. It was like Middle an industrial nowhere. warehouse that looked like you would, if you wanted a set for like a gang fight, you would do it. In the <laughs> it was on a street called Beatrix, I think. Oh, yeah. Wow. Good memory. Middle of nowhere. I remember pulling in and seeing like a pickup truck, a little Audi, and a really old Lexus and being like, I wonder which, who's, 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 who? who's, who's? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I had that Audi then. All right, cool. And then that was that was the first time we had an office. So I don't know if you guys <laughs> thought you were coming into like a thing that was more of like this is a show and we but like none of like Rob Gwen and I, we didn't know what we were doing either still. You know, we just had kind of spit out two seasons somehow. This is our first time even having an office building. We didn't know if we should have computers, and it was our first time having a staff. Do you remember who else was on that staff? Well, David Hornsby would have been, right? David Hornsby, Hornsby, for sure. Lisa Hornsby, Parsons. Lisa Parsons. That was, that Adam was, Stein was the writer's assistant. Adam Stein was a writer's assistant. He got a couple good jokes in that season, he did. too. He, um, uh, I, 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 I remember, could go for some wood. I remember that, first, I remember that first day. Uh, we were writer's assistants, so we were used to being in rooms. But we were like, so what's the menu for today? Like, what's the lunch? And Mac and I was like, what do you mean lunch? We're like... 
That was you don't my, get free. You, you don't get free lunch. We're, we're, we're like you don't get free lunch, and then McElhenney like stormed down the hall. That was and my you could f- hear him barking at someone on FX, and he came back. He's like, "We got free lunch now. What else are we supposed to be getting that yeah, we never got we before?" Okay, so wait. So you had been writers' assistants in a room? Uh, oh yes. Yeah, we we had been both been writers' assistants on various shows. Okay, so you'd had some experience. Yeah. So we were kind of looking to you guys a little bit to be like, what does a writer's room do? <laughs> and we were very much from like network shows that were like so different than how Sunny yeah. w- would function at its best. Okay, okay. So this is interesting. So you had had the experience of being, going to like the lot and going into like a nice building and everyone's got like a computer that's paid everyone's for. Everyone's got a computer. The- yeah, there's a lot of like uh, just things that, you just expect to be there, like your your computer, your office, the lunch. Uh, the lunch, McElhenney's reaction to the lunch was our first exposure to Rob McElhenney's uh, iconoclasm. It was awesome. Uh, Rob Justice. Got Justice. Lunch for Robbie you Justice. Yeah. That's what we call him here. I'm, I like it. I'm thinking I'm remembering now that we learned from you guys that the studio was supposed to supply computers to the writers. <laughs> yes. yes. Stuff like that we definitely and like brought to the table. So we got on our line producer about like, hey, we're supposed to have computers. And that was when I got my first computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I think like Sonny almost didn't exist really. In any, but the three of you had really put computers that were like, can I, I, was, can I see scripts from season one? You're like... I don't know if we're gonna be able to find those. Like, yeah, yeah, everyone yeah. was like digging through like broken computers <laughs> to find scripts and stuff. I remember at my desk, I did have a some sort of desk, but it was makeshift, and it we made a nook in a room filled with chairs. It was also <laughs> an office in a facility that was like manufacturing things. Sometimes it was like very much not an office. Uh-huh. Uh, but I, the script or part of the script for Mac Bangs Dennis's mom was on like a yellow notepad scribbled out. Oh yeah, yeah. And should have kept it. I yeah. have I have cool. a few notepads from. Uh, I have the gang wants an abortion, whatever that the abortion episode. Mm-hmm. I have the legal pad still. Oh, that's my cool. Notes on that, which is fun. Were you guys tempted to tell them extra things that you used to get just to see? Like we get cars <laughs> and like uh... we are so nervous. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm not bold like that at all. <laughs> so nervous. Yeah, what were you nervous about? Nervous that like. Rob Glenn and I would be like, oh, we don't like these guys we, writing or their jokes. or That you wouldn't like us. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was like the greatest show. Like getting this job was like winning the lottery. I mean, when, we, when I saw Mac Bangs, Dennis's mom, like our agent gave it to us on like DVD or something. Yeah, sure. I remember watching it and then just watching it like over and over and over. I just, I still think it's like the best it episode of the show. got a little bit weird with what he was watching. <laughs> but that, was, that, that was the episode that got me too. Really? Yeah. It like kind of unlocked the show for me. Well, yeah, it's one of my favorites for sure. Uh, so, I mean, then that third season, we had to do 15 I know. episodes, yeah. which is the most we ever did. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how costume department. It was a lot. Very busy that year. Yeah, sure. Because <laughs> we were kind of taking some bigger, broader swings that oh, yeah. season. And then, like, it's been interesting watching them back because the fourth season we start to find something, and the fifth season we really hit our stride yeah. in terms of the tone I of the agree. show. All right. Well, let's let's get into a little bit more about the two of you guys. First of all, your dad. Speaking of hockey, you would tell us so many stories about your dad, and and. I, I ran into you at a party, and you told me a story about your dad eating this canned meat, which <laughs> I was saying, was, it, it, it wound up not working its way into, this, into Sunday this season, but yeah. so many stories about your dad would find their way into like stories about Frank. 
Um, For or, sure, they line up. They they line up really close to each other. And Mac, right, shooting himself in the belly with the insulin. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, that's the Tell, thing your dad. What was the story about the canned meat? My dad uh, was really thrilled by this beef stew that he got at the flea market, and he was <laughs> digging into it and had a couple cans of it. And my mom saw how much he enjoyed it, so she opened one up to have for dinner. And then until she turned it around and saw that it was dog food <laughs> that he had been eating. Uh, <laughs> you like which the was cans just like very him. food. I guess it was dog food. I didn't remember it was dog food. So like, you know, you see that little meager food section at like an Exxon? <laughs> like th- that type of food. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know you could buy food at a flea market. Who's ever done that? Food? I mean, my Can father like, could buy anything at the flea market. And this is how a story starts. Because like, <laughs> then we're like, okay, great. So like Frank really wants to get the gang to go down to the flea market because that's where you get the best meat. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then they realize that they're, then we'd be like, okay, then maybe they're like, they realize it's dog food, but then they're like, what else does a dog do that I'm missing some out on? connection with yeah. flea like, market and dog food. There's some conspiracy here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's some conspiracy. I think you we know. can all agree it tastes good, right? <laughs> so if we're willing to look past who it's intended for, yeah, I'll keep eating it. <laughs> what is your dad eating now? Is he same stuff? Same stuff. I mean, my dad's like live action Homer Simpson. He just eats such garbage, like sleeves of Oreos right before bed, like Mountain Dew all day. He doesn't drink water. He doesn't like the taste of it. All he drinks is soda, which is, he's 80. I mean, to make it to 80 and all you drink is soda is I mean, pretty remarkable. That's pretty uh, Don't stop impressive. now. You know? Yeah, don't stop now. In the room, you showed us a funny picture of your dad in bed, like surrounded by, what was that? He was like covered up. Like, um, uh, he sleeps like a vampire. I do too, so I can't throw stones. <laughs> I, but, uh, I was not going to bring it up. Yeah, he sleeps fact. completely under the covers. Just, <laughs> just you just see uh, the mass of a body underneath. <laughs> covers Sleep over. Mac playing on a covers totally over. pillow just... over face, covers over a pillow. Pillows, right? Pillow over face. I sleep with my head between two pillows like a taco, cover cover <laughs> over me, what? completely entombed. Uh, and now one of my sons does that too. So it's does? it's really? now generational. Yeah. Wow. So then you feel contained and, and hot, safe in there. hot, packed in. Yeah, like a sardine. <laughs> well, you have one story about temping and uh, having a little bit of a stomach issue. Mm. Oh uh, yes, oh that's which the, is I one of that. my favorite. <laughs> you know, we've told the story about the the poor young man who auditioned for the show and had horrible diarrhea, and then went behind the dumpster to wipe his own butt with his own headshots. It was his. <laughs> I didn't hear. I've never yeah, heard that it's story. it's his first ever audition, and oh, he realizes funny. he's going to have diarrhea, and someone's in the in the bathroom, and he can hear them running their lines, and it's taking forever. And he goes behind the dumpster and he shits in his pants and he's trying to clean it up with his own headshots. And he gives up and he throws his pants uh, out his window driving home because they smell so bad and he rear ends somebody. Um, (laughs) And that man was James Marston. (laughs) (laughs) It's my favorite poop story of all time. Uh, Second is your temping story. I was temping at my dad's insurance company in New York (laughs) and was wearing a dress shirt that was way too big. Uh, and when I went to use the bathroom, probably after lunch, uh, I didn't realize that once I sat down on the toilet that the shirt was so big that it had created a hammock that completely <laughs> didn't allow like a, like anything to reach the water. So when I finished pooping, <laughs> I looked down and saw my dress shirt was just perfectly cradling a shit. Uh, 
which was a real situation. Because <laughs> so I was in New York. I live in New Jersey. I didn't have like a, a uh, different pair of clothing. But New York has stores, so you went and bought a new shirt, right? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the smart thing to do. No, I took off my shirt and was probably just bare-chested, just scrubbing poop out of my yeah, shirt and then wore it for the rest of the day. Yeah. Um, I remember you telling me that you took off your shirt and then you gave up and you walked shirtless through the office and you said that you quit. But that, as, I, as I, I didn't remember. quit, no, but no? I, I definitely wore it. The rest of the day, and oh, probably should have been fired. Um, oh, okay. Oh my god, that is a that is a great story. That is a good one. Well, I've got some questions for you guys, but um, but just to say a little thing about Scott is that um, Scott is responsible for me ending up on the show because I met Scott first before I met any of you. Really? Yeah, because um, I hired Scott onto a failed project of mine that I was developing for FX, and he was great. And I believe the first time we met, I cried at our first meeting. We, did. we, were, we, we, were, we met like at a bar or something. I'm like, let's yep. go another drink. I, I ordered a drink, and then I cried in front of him at our first meeting because it was a bad development situation. I was just, But he was so nice about it, and I was like, this is the sort of person that I need because I needed like a number two. So I hired a... I hired Scott on, and then he was great, and um, but the project like died, and then I sp- probably because I spent most of the time talking to you about how much I love Sunny and oh, yeah. how you you're responsible for most of my favorite episodes, including the game Gives Frank Intervention, which we just talked mm. about, which is my number oh, that's one. Cool. Favorite. That's one of my favorites too. Yeah, it's very strong. It's yeah, I just watched it recently. Holds up, and um, that's where Nightcrawlers came in for the first time. Mm. Which you guys yes. are responsible for? That's right. You you guys are responsible for the lyrics for Dayman. Yes, yeah. that yeah. was the first one of the first things we ever wrote, and that was we, the first script we wrote for the show. It was the first script, and I remember the Dayman. We one of the things that was unique about Sunny was how little you had on breaks. Sometimes, like sometimes you guys would see it, but it wouldn't be the amount of information that the writer would have, would there be a lot less. The flip side to that is there's a lot of freedom and you could fix things and sort of experiment. It became something I grew to really love. You you hated it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, You like a more detailed outline <laughs> break? A little bit more and, anal. I don't yeah. remember what we had for that. It was like they sing, a, they sing Dayman, and then we just wrote the lyrics kind of quickly assuming we would like rewrite them or something. Yeah. And then it just, <laughs> nope. that remained. And yeah. It, became it this came together whole real, thing. real quick. Yeah. Where, why, Fighter of the Nightman, Champion of the where'd all that come from? Karate and all that? I don't know. We just like wrote it out. It was very short. And then it uh, caught on somehow. Just wrote out Master of Karate and Friendship. Forever. Well, yeah. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> Just completely yeah. randomly. Um, well, I have a list here, actually, that I wanted to go through with you guys to do a sort of lightning round, which I'm going to call, Are You Responsible for This?, which are things that have been claimed on this podcast oh. that oh, maybe you great. guys have, are responsible for. <laughs> Time to set for. the record straight. Okay. The Melting Dog in the Alley from Sweet D Gets Audited. That one's you, yes. Roselle? That's based on your dad's story, yeah? Yes, my dad... Uh, <laughs> He was he worked with the for this guy who had uh, this big house and all these dogs and my dad uh, I won't get into the specifics of his job it was a real estate thing but sometimes he'd be over at this house kind of like helping them with whatever they were doing and he was watching their dogs while they were away and one day he went over to feed the dogs and one dog was dead so he <laughs> dug a hole and you know give the dog a burial and the, i guess it'd been out in the sun for so long that he said oh my God. he said that when they put the dog they had to pick the dog up with a bucket 
<laughs> because it was so like, <laughs> souped up. It was wasn't so it? soupy and loose from the heat, and he poured it into a hole, and it was like pouring in like a like a, a noodle dog soup or something. Dog <laughs> soup. Yeah, and that uh, that stuck in my brain. And yeah, yeah, that would stick. I with remember you. you pitched that, and everyone's like, "Yes, <laughs> dog soup, dog <laughs> soup, dog in. soup funeral." Put it on the board. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, of yes. course. Okay, the Dick Flyer from Denison D's mom is dead. I I didn't pitch the dick flyer. That it looks like a bicep. Wasn't mm. you guys? We were there I, for I, it. I don't remember. I remember it being, uh, Hornsby wrote the script for that. I don't remember how. I, I remember definitely being I there for like that. I remember, I remember us sketching it on paper together. Like, uh, yeah. It may have been Hornsby or you guys, I would say. Yeah. All right. Could night crawlers. I don't remember. Come up with that night feels very much like us. Night crawlers feels like the two of you guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Crawl around like worms in the night. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, Frank's doo-wop group. We've already established. Uh-huh. Uh, my dad was in a group. His, my dad's actual group name was called Vito and the Salutations, which he got, <laughs> <laughs> which he got kicked out of. He got booted out of Vito. Yeah, and the they Salutations. didn't. They didn't think he he had the stuff. Now, did your dad sing as a part of that group? He tried. Wow. <laughs> I would love to. Yeah, they have that. an album. I think you can find their album. Vito and the Salutations. Yeah. He's not on it though, right? No. But would they also kind of run the streets in their leather he coats? Se- and- he separately was in that sort of squad. Uh, there used to be a club called the One Two Three Club, and my dad loved the One Two Three Club because <laughs> you could go in there and you could walk in, kick the jukebox, and one, two, three, you're in a fight. Was that what he would always say? <laughs> <laughs> and that was the best part of the One Two Three Club. You're in a fight. Was not where I was <laughs> expecting that to go. He liked it. Yeah. A singing fight because the jukebox is <laughs> yeah. on, or in no, a I, think, I think like a throwing into garbage pails oh. alley fight. Yeah. The Rococo Bang. Did you guys come up with that? The gang dances their asses off. I guarantee Rococo came from us because that's just like a term, yes. like a, a play what, on a word that we Rococo found funny. Bang? Dennis does the Rococo Bang. With the um, with the woman and the gang dances their asses off, yeah. and then like drops her right. He's like, well, I let's think do the we, that was bang. a challenging episode. Dances their asses off from that yeah. same episode. Karate snow machine chops it, which Charlie has attributed to to you guys. I think you guys wrote that lyric, uh, that line. I was like, that is. Brilliant. I think so. Charlie's I think really fucked up on the pills, and he's. Karate that rolling. whole writing experience is a fever dream because I remember we were we didn't have a lot of time. What we had to go on was the Jane Fonda movie. They shoot horses, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> you know that classic? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I think it was Rob who was like, "We, we want to do this." Like, you guys, I think, were maybe already in production or something. It was like this. Do, do an episode based on this. And I remember we three watched it. I'm like, ooh. Yeah, what we do we could, it was tough to see, but th- we ended up staying up like three days in, in those little offices. At one point, someone walked into our kitchen, and we were like, who is that? It was Lisa Bonet, and <laughs> I don't know I where she that. was going. Uh, <laughs> I remember we, in we, that I, building? I, in I that remember, building, in the I kitchen. remember we also wrote a piece of it at Hornsby's like original apartment where he had that neighbor that would bathe in the garbage pail. Yes. Oh, I was there for that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, David and I— uh, we had these really good friends, Sai uh, and Genevieve, who lived right next door to David. And Sai um, was at the Williamstown Theater Festival with David and I. And they had like a little bit of a rooftop in, on this apartment building in, in on just off of Melrose. And so we're having like dinner out there. Like they, they, they're, they're fancy. They would put together a nice dinner for us. They invited David over and Mary Elizabeth and I were there. And we, uh, we hear from downstairs like, hey, you guys, <laughs> you want to go for a swim? And like, <laughs> and like, what? And we're like, look over the side of the roof. It's like a one-story building, so not like a high roof. And their neighbor is standing in, in, 
his garbage can, which he's filled with water. He's, he's just <laughs> wasted. And he's like, he's like, come on, this pool's great. And he's like, they're like, we're so sorry about him. And and he just had filled his garbage can and sort of, you know, as I can't new, believe no one ever thought about this. Can't believe people aren't doing this. <laughs> Anyways, I remember that. Uh, in Mac's big break, when they come, when Dennis and Dee are having a podcast, um, Cricket wanting a rotisserie chicken and getting lemons instead. Was that you guys? Definitely. 100%. What is it about rotisserie chicken? Just the I don't word know. is funny. It's, it's something specific. that yeah. I, I yeah. can't explain it, but I do find what about it funny. Milk steak. Was that you guys? Or was it, as I remember, it was like, did someone mishear someone in the room? I, I think I, I pitched milk steak. You pitched milk yes. steak? That's really what, funny. What, why? Where? I mean, now we're getting into like the, we need to dig. <laughs> we real, need to <laughs> get real deep down. Why? Yes. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I'm so anal that I bet I could find why. I feel like I have everything that we ever did. He has all the records. You have all the oh, records. Really? I've held on to everything. Impeccable records. That's good for the. I have, I have every lawsuits. season labeled by season with everything that we've oh, ever wow. did for everyone. Oh, I will shit. still hit him up once in a blue moon. Like, do you have this script? Because I have no records. and uh, Like you asked me about the Gail's Snail thing. I didn't remember it, but I was able to access my stuff because yeah, I'm insane. Not quite insane. right, Robin. The <laughs> yeah, other, not quite right, Robin. The other, not uh, quite right, Robin. Never yeah. made it to the screen. Did you guys pitch Gail the Snail? Was that? I think that was collective uh, yeah. brainstorming for that. Sure. Um, how about the lyrics to the Frank's Little Beauties song, The Magic's in the Air? Probably. That was a fun one. I remember that was based on a... A real song, right? Wasn't there a I video? I think there were of YouTube's a, that we were obsessed with around that yeah. time. Yeah, like there a was a America YouTube pageant, of some right? pageant where <clears throat> yes, it that's was either right. a adult pageant or a kid pageant. I don't remember. I think, I think it was, it was like Miss adult, America. Or yeah, it was something. like Miss America. And the guy sang a song about like magic and light and lace. Yes, yeah. uh, that mortician character was really funny. Oh my god! Like there's there's certain things too where you just don't know. You're like. Uh, you're like, we're going to have a mortician and he's going to do Frank's makeup. And you just don't know until you see Danny come out looking like that. Just <laughs> how funny it's going to be. Like, you just don't know. Okay, so you wrote Who Pooped the Bed. Did you come mm. up with the stuff that they found in the poop? The, like, wolf hair and credit cards? Wolf, and- wolf hair is certainly signature <laughs> martyr Roselle. I, um, feel, I feel like Glenn came up with wolf hair in the room. I, I, be- I, I remember flashes of things. So, Did you bring that idea in? The who pooped the bed? I think so. I don't remember. What do you guys I came in like a, like, speech, a, the like hot off the press, I feel like, with like this idea. Might have been. Well, uh, we talked about how Charlie wrote out the monologue at the end, like on the board very... Every now and then, like, the, the interesting thing is like someone gets inspiration, right? And then just goes on a tear. When someone when that's happening, you sort of stay out of their way, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, you just sure. like let them go. It happens to everybody, but... Well, that brings up the next possibly most famous monologue from Sonny, which is the Pepe Silvia monologue. Mm. Yep. You guys wrote that. We wrote, we definitely we, wrote the, we did. you guys did a pass uh, at some point, but uh, we wrote it. I can't remember what I pulled Pepe Silvia from, but I pulled it from things I feel like on a board in my bedroom. Similarly, I was like, Pepe Silvia. Right. I, um, I, the guys were saying that it was Silva and I was mispronouncing it. Silva. Silva and I yeah. kept saying Sylvia, <laughs> which was funnier. I don't know, yeah, it's just poor reading on my part. But uh, and often people will say, "Was he trying to say Pennsylvania?" But that's not what it was, right? It was just too funny. It was just a funny name. No, that funny we, name. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it was just a funny name. Yeah, you guys nailed that monologue. I remember like just being like, "Oh, this is going to be so fun to do," and then. Uh, 
part of the success of that too is what Matt Shackman did from a directing standpoint where he built these things where the letters were just dropping down constantly. So we had someone on a ladder dropping uh, letters and letters. Seems so letters. funny, man. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> you just get director. It's a shame. Does he still work? <laughs> Unfortunately, he does stuff that nobody really cares about, you know, superheroes yeah. and dragons and yeah. Game of Thrones and yeah. everything. Game of Thrones and Marvel and um, how about from the Nightman cometh Boy's Hole and Boy's Soul? Were you guys responsible? I think that was me. I gotta say, I think that, that was yeah. you. I think, yeah, uh, I feel like you guys really took off with that one. Hole and I Soul. Mean, <laughs> I, was like, I, I got this one, guys. I'll, t- I'll uh, take it. Well, <laughs> well, we talked about how um, from the gang hits the road. The whole thing about Charlie having never eaten a pear was based on uh, Martyr never eating blueberries or something. I never had any fruit. I never had any fruit, and I never had any candy bar. Growing up, so that season, lunch every day. The, the How did treat, you not have a candy bar? I just didn't have a sweet tooth. My parents eat every. They, they eat so tons you were of allowed to have them. You were just like, no, I, would, I don't. No want thanks. One. All I ate was salad. That's, I'm a strange that person. So weird. I'm a strange no, person. No, wait a second. Have you since had a blueberry? And I have had a blueberry. And, I've, I've filled in fruit. Think? I'd say there's. I like them. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Megan, guess what? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Oh. BetterHelp is online therapy service designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Yeah, that's right. It's so easy to get uh, caught up in what everyone else needs from you that it, it it's easy to forget what you need for yourself, right? Yeah, very true. BetterHelp's licensed professionals can give you the tools to find that balance so that you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. Therapy's for everyone, right? So if you're on the fence about trying it, you know, now's the time. Give it a whirl. Yeah, even Tony Soprano, he went to therapy. He did. He turned out great. <laughs> yeah, Tony Soprano went, fellas, right? So there's no excuses here. Yeah, men would literally rather watch other men go to therapy than go themselves sometimes. Yeah, but, you know, if, if the head of a mafia family can find time in what I'm sure is a very busy schedule, uh, you at home probably can do it too, right? What do you think would have happened if Tony Soprano had better help? Well, uh, you know, it, it would have been easier for him to find time in his uh, busy schedule, for one. He probably would have saved a little bit of dough. Uh, that's good, number two. And then he just might have just, like, chilled out a little bit and, yeah. you know, maybe picked a different direction for his life, which could have been good. Not good for the show, though. Would have been much more boring of a show. <laughs> yeah, a more boring show, but but a better life for him. Yeah. Look, everyone can find help with better help. That's the point, right? Visit betterhelp.com slash sunny for 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash sunny. This year was really fun uh, to be in the room with both of you and to see your little like quirks. Like truly, Martyr just paces the entire time. You're like laying on the floor. This year, you got into a whole thing where you were creating Telemundo shows for David to star in. Do you, do you remember? That? <laughs> yes, I was drawing things and with starring David Hornsby. Different uh, Telemundo <laughs> shows that were all in Spanish. I think they work the best if I'm not working on what I'm supposed to be working on, and then I'll be able to like pitch more things. I don't know. Really? Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're thinking about something completely different, Just try to like low level distract yeah. myself. It's all. It's a, there's a method to, to all of <laughs> oh, it. Sure. Yeah, there's it's definitely thought method. out. Now, so okay, so that that first season you guys wrote with us, we're out in Playa del Rey. 
we get through it. Uh, it all comes together. You're happy with what happens. And then we call you up and we say, hey, good news. We got picked up for another season. I remember we were probably f- season by season at the that point. The first feedback that I had gotten uh, that made me relax a little bit, I, did, I didn't tell you about it, uh, was McElhenney called me. I remember I was in H&M buying like Christmas presents and we had just handed in our first script like a week before, and McElhenney called me to say how much you guys had loved it. And I remember big weight being lifted. That was that was sort of a pivotal moment in uh, the emotional trajectory. And then we just started writing. Uh, we wrote a lot of the episodes in season three, and clearly there like was we wrote like five. A, we got yeah. uh, we had a good thing going on creatively, all of us. So I yeah. we worked on another show in between the first season or the third season and the fourth season. Really, the Cavemen show. Oh, based yeah. on the Geico yeah. Cavemen. Oh, that's right. Yeah. One of the worst shows of all time on television. <laughs> well, ba- based off the ads, but then a call came down from the president of ABC like early into pre-production being like, it can't be anything like the commercials, which was a weird a <laughs> weird thing to come down. <laughs> like, huh, that's going to be a... based on the commercials, but make sure you don't reference them at all. So no cavemen. No, keep the cavemen. <laughs> all right. Okay, so then, uh, so we finished that, th- that third season. You guys go to the cavemen. You yes. staffed on cavemen. Yes. And that, that coincided what? with the writer's strike, too. And then the writer's strike. And happened. then there was a strike. Yeah. What was the experience going from Sunny to Cavemen? Like from an our, you know, warehouse in a off on a shady road to back to a network thing. I mean, I don't think any part of uh, I, I no part of me liked anything better about being on Cavemen than Sunny. And like, even though it was, I don't know, it was on the Sony lot and the dad offices and whatnot. Uh, we had such a good thing going on at Sunny. Yeah, I was just we just needed to make to money. Back. I just remember it, just it being hard to write other stuff because I just I felt like I wanted to write more Sunny because we really got in the groove. So we met Love Rocket there. Exactly. Right. Who, yes. He joined. He joined us because we met him at the Cape fourth then. season. He came in season. I four. want to say he came in five. Maybe season five. I think. Another yeah, that's right. We great, need love. influential Sunny writer. Yeah. Um, I have found that for my two cents, the the most rewarding part of this business, this career, is getting a group of people that you click with creatively and making something in a bubble, sort of outside the result of it, outside the obviously it's very nice when it reaches people and 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 people have a nice reaction to it. But for that's completely out of our control. So the best part of the experience for me is finding something that we're all dug in on that we don't know how to do it. So the early seasons of Sunny where we don't know what it even an episode of Sunny really is still is the most rewarding part of of this experience. I I am sad we can't ever go back to that place with this show. I agree. I agree. Um, that we can't ever just be like in a little bubble. In yeah, because we were bubble. just making ourselves laugh. Like nothing was more rewarding than like we'd be cracking ourselves up and then it would hit the airwaves and people would feel the same. Like what what's more what's a better gift than that? I mean it's yes. awesome. Yeah. And we can do a different thing, and it's still. And having you guys there this year was great, and I think the episodes are really good this year as a result. But um, never that we can never be as lost as we were. And there's something really amazing about that. So even going into season four, we still don't totally know like what an episode yeah. of the show is. Uh, but now we're in a different warehouse. We're in Culver City, so we've moved a little more. Moved warehouses. It was a slightly nicer warehouse, but still pretty. Crappy. Now we're a team, right? Now we're like, all right, we did this thing. We're feeling good about it. It was a good season. Had some new writers. Had some new writers. 
Well, I think a, a funny thing in season four was that you guys felt like Rob and I worked out so well that when we came back for season four, there were three other writing teams. You guys like, this writing team thing is where it's at. <laughs> so, so it was the biggest room the show had ever had. We came back and it was like Jordan and Elijah, Becky and Audra, Pat and Sonny. Like, the room was huge. I forgot Because you, you guys were like, writing writing teams, that's the bang for the I buck. I forgot <laughs> like, Sonny Lee and Pat Walsh were a team. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, that's right. And they were a good team. They were funny. That season yeah, had great. that super funny thing with Pat. With uh, He was pitching something, and I don't, did you do it? I, I did it. He was wearing a hoodie, and he was pitching something, and Roselle just reached over and unzipped the hoodie, and we saw that he wasn't wearing a shirt. He was just <laughs> wearing a hoodie, and he was suddenly just bare-chested. It <laughs> completely deflated the pitch, and everyone's like, who wears just like, a hoodie, man? <laughs> not unlike Glenn with the cereal in the car, dug in that oh, there was man. nothing weird about wearing a zip-up hoodie. Maybe he crapped in his it. shirt in the Right, oh, man. Yeah. But that was, to do, was that, to, to do that in a writer's room. No dug in on the, why is this weird? It's just is. It's you don't wear a zipper with no fabric underneath of it. Yeah. yeah. That derailed the room for like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> like you came to a writer's room. We're not a nice crowd. Like you yeah, know, you do, yeah, yeah. do something be, off kilter. You're going to get picked there. apart. I think something that is important for the audience to know is that it's such a group effort writing a television series that you know, just because you guys are credited for certain episodes doesn't mean you're not writing on all the episodes. Mm-hmm. And it know? doesn't mean we wrote the episodes we were credited <laughs> yeah. for. No, I lose track. Like I could, I, I, I have good memories of writing the ones we like really had to dig in on. But like a lot of the other ones are cloudy because I remember bits and pieces of us in all of them. You yeah, know? yeah. And Absolutely. the more people that you have in the room that are really contributing, the the better the show becomes because. I think around that season four, season five, season six, we had a really— We were in sync. Everyone was in sync, and and different people were providing different sort of perspectives that were all sort of gelling into the show. And, you know, the the difference is, I think, was for us, for who sort of stayed, how much someone contributes, and then how much their sort of stamp goes on the show. And and then their ability to execute something if— we're not there, you know, which you guys and Hornsby really had down. Meg, you when you came on, uh, you know, you had that talent as well or could run the room or sort of push story forward. Yeah, I was jealous, though, because uh, of these guys, because um, Rob, you, he talks about you guys like the funniest people that I've ever worked, you know, <laughs> the best writers I've ever worked with. And I'm always sitting there like, well, uh, <laughs> I guess fine. But it is like specifically, I think what's so amazing is you guys just like, I would never in a million years be able to think of like boiled denims, you know. <laughs> boiled like, denims, I know are you guys. It's just yeah. a yeah. weird particular thing that is just like, like, uh, or Charlie's Dreams. I think maybe you guys did that with the denim chickens oh, yeah. and like the weird, yep. like I can't <laughs> think that way. My brain, the rats, it's a weird one. Yeah, yeah my like brain that. will not. Did you guys uh, come up with, uh, can I offer you a nice egg in this trying time? Oh, 100%. Uh, yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> An egg in this trying time is definitely your <laughs> I've been poisoned by my constituents. Like that whole, <laughs> like the, too, the spe- yeah. specificity of stuff like that. I just like, uh, yeah, my mine is uh, my contributions are mostly good handwriting for the dry erase board. <laughs> this is no, no, not no, true no. at all. No, everyone, everyone uh, yeah. brings a different thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, the, whatever season we brought Megan on, I feel like we, I feel like that season actually started, and we didn't bring anyone new on, and we felt like we needed to shake it up. So everyone's like, "Who do you got?" And I was like, "Gans, we gotta get yeah. her over." I feel like that particular season we didn't even read specs. 
We maybe no, we I even met with you. I feel like you came in. No, I I met I with you in Hornsby. Okay, because I was just like, we just get her in here. Yeah. Um, but yeah. but but that season worked out great. Like that that influx of energy. Like, yeah, like, that was a great season. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's the the better the energy is in that room, the better the season is. There's no doubt about it. Season five was certainly a high water mark of just us mm-hmm. all being feeling confident in what we were doing. Yeah. In a flow. I think so. I think we had sort of figured out what makes the show work, mm-hmm. uh, but didn't know it so well that, you know, we were boxed into the yeah. structure or anything. One of the episodes uh, that you wrote in season five was The Dennis System, oh, which yeah. is such an amazing also one. Also one of my favorites. Yeah. It was just, how did, do you remember, like, how that came up and, like, <laughs> that he had a system and... I, it was off of that book, The Game, being a thing oh, right. at the time. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm. Which, and, our, which our roommate was obsessed with. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you had a roommate who was obsessed with the game, learning the game, trying the game to studying it like, like uh, studying it like you would look read it like an automotive manual. Methods for picking up women. Yes, like, for tricking women. Nagging was a big thing. Yeah. Like yes. you go and you insult so, a woman. Yeah. Hey, you, your breath stinks. Peacocking was the thing. <laughs> yes. Like you wear peacocking. a ridiculous like purple hat. I have like, to say, I it. was. I was living in New York and heavily dating during this time and had the effect <laughs> yeah. of the game I feel presented upon me. I the peacocking imagine. specifically. The I bet he would wear a tie God. like a bandana. It like, was just, uh, like wear just a tie on Did the game work on you? <laughs> Never, because it was just awkward and it was like always, yeah, go for it. It was um, It was always awkward. He's negging me right now by using the bathroom. This is a good, Charlie, this is really good use of the game. <laughs> Did it ever work for your friend? Did you ever bring home women like confused and... Uh, you don't uh, get no, 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 nothing nefarious. <laughs> uh, I don't think it, it it worked for him. When you're so clearly adhering to a system, that yeah. can be a, an off-putting to a, a woman. You, you don't like, not you don't feel like, like being asked, prey. like, hey, floss or no floss? <laughs> you don't like being asked that as an opening salvo at a yeah, conversation at a park. so odd. And, uh, but so you were like, oh, well, what if somebody had a very <sighs> That specific- was like, we kind of started talking about that in season four, I remember, and... It may have even gotten written on the board where we I were. I definitely just remember it being written on the board. Room riffing, kind of like, oh, this could be a thing. The dentist system, what would that be? And the, the putting the letters up. I think we had the we, words. We had for what the it meant, system. and that held. What, yeah. is it, what is it? An acronym? Yeah, yeah. an acronym. Mm-hmm. Yeah, an acronym. I feel like we had that acronym the previous season, and then we finally wrote it the following. Yes, we didn't do it for whatever reason, and then we explored it the next season, and it just came together in that one. Yeah. It's just such a great episode. And um, that start, started also man, Mantis Toboggan. Mantis Toboggan, yes. And uh, Mantis the, Magnum the Magnum Con for my monster dog. <laughs> Gladys <laughs> made it back in that episode. She was such That's a right. fine thing. back for that one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Gladys. And uh, what other ones? Oh, the gang wrestles for the troops was in that episode. Did and you jean get- shorts. Like yes. the jean shorts. We had a weird the splits. thing with jean shorts. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That became like a, a something that was referenced often. We had a jean short obsession. Yes, weird uses of jean shorts. I still find them fascinating. Like, <laughs> saw a guy the other day biking down the street in those like jean shorts that get like stop at the knee and thinking, what an uncomfortable shorts. Why not to go wear for another a bike short. ride in? Like, oh. wear a different, don't wear regular shorts. Like, the jean shorts, they kind of look funny, and they're not really comfortable, and they're hotter than a normal short. Yeah, yeah. It was like we jammed a lot in that one. Yeah. That's right, Desert Rose. Oh, um, yes. Um, Birds of War in that one as well, the Birds of War song. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Birds mm-hmm. of War. I remember you guys pitching though a bucket of chestnuts and being like, oh, that's so funny. He's got chestnuts. And then and then us being <laughs> <laughs> trying to decide like how did he get is he foraging for them? Like yes. what, you know. <laughs> and then something that uh Roddy Roddy uh, did in that episode, which I remember trying to pitch him on the day was uh the drifting off when we ask him if he's got kids. Oh, yeah. And he stops and he drifts <laughs> off and he looks in space and he goes, nah, not no more. I guess. Well, guys like you, you, you know what? I love you guys, man. You know, you, you remind me of my kids. Oh, you got kids, Maniac? Nah, not anymore. What does that mean? Well, that so the gang wrestles troops has lots of big ideas, but some of my favorite Sunny episodes are like really small ideas, like De- Mac and Dennis break up, which is such a like simple small story um, about them feeling like they've gotten into a rut and they need to go. But also is coupled with the cat in the wall story. Mm-hmm. Uh, did that come from you guys? Do you remember where that idea came? I think from? you may have pitched the cat in the wall in the room. Uh, I don't know. I don't recall. Who came up with smoke some cigarettes? They'll they'll snuff Press out the. the- Apple seeds or... Uh, I think I did. Yeah. <laughs> Not being allowed to eat the Cigarettes skins. are another running thing. Yeah. Like, weird uses of cigarettes. <laughs> that episode I love. And, like, you guys are such great actors together. And when, sometimes when you get out of the way and just let it be a small scene. but And we're... I find we would often be striving for things like that. But the reality is, like, you just can't do too many of them. You need yeah. both, yes. right? You need exactly. to wrestle for the troops, and then you need those guys trying to get me on a dating website. Yeah. yeah. And if it's all one or the other, the show gets dull. I mean, that's the other thing. You're always trying to surprise the audience, right? The So much of comedy is just dropping something that no one expects, and that's what's so great about you guys is your sort of idiosyncratic sense of humor that's so unpredictable and these terms and ideas that you've thought up that no one's thought of before, like things like milksteak. We're like, well, what is that? Uh, but then that balance, finding that balance and then trying to maintain it throughout a season is so Definitely hard. tricky. I mean, what I loved about this show is it felt like it was always doing things that you couldn't do on other things. So when someone would throw out the idea of like a baby funeral, I'm like, we have to strive for yeah. a baby <laughs> yeah, 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 Like, because yeah. you're not going to see that on anything yeah. else. But we have the ability to do that. So yeah, we got to yeah. try we to stick it. We were in that sweet spot, too, of like coming from, starting at a time where television was pretty controlled by, you know, network television where you only are allowed to do a certain type of humor because oh, you're yeah. trying to reach the broadest audience possible. Yeah. Now there's so much television, there's so much you content. Know, uh, content that uh, you know it makes Sunny less unique in that regard of like uh, the extremes that we were going to. But at the time, you know, we were kind of really getting away with something that a lot of shows weren't. That was the craziest thing. Now that you say that about Sunny, and you asked like kind of the difference between rooms, the it was shocking how little constrictions we had other than our the ones that we wanted to put on ourselves and that we could really come whatever we kind of came up with could be on television and that that was so unique it was mm-hmm. yeah cuz it, it was very cool about you guys that like we could write something and could make it to air cuz like 99% of most shows get rewritten a million times over from the writers draft to blah 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 but if you guys found something funny you let it live, which was cool. I'm always amazed at stuff that works and stuff that doesn't work. And it's just not what you think. You kind of, 
you have to just, it's a process that is continually evolving. So the idea that there's like finite answers at the an early stage of it as just the script before it's performed and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, a great script isn't a guaranteed great episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and vice no, versa. No, but it's I mean, a good start. I it's, tell it's you what, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so much harder to make a bad script, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, uh, work and then clean it up in the editing room versus something that on the page beginning to end is really singing and you're yeah. like, ah, oh, this one just came together. But you're right. It's very unpredictable what is and isn't a good script. Mm-hmm. Uh, of Sonny specifically, I can't, I'm not speaking to other shows. I can't, sure. can't speak to that, but- like of Sunny, when you write something, you're like, well, it just it seems like this one should work, and then you get in the editing room and you're like, okay, we gotta we gotta come up with something to <laughs> yeah. fix this. Or one. like this storyline doesn't work, uh-huh. and we have to take that out of the episode now, or like things and, and get angled it's, a different it's, way. It's um, you know the way something's been filmed. Sometimes it's it's the music we've chosen. Um, a good example was uh, two episodes that just did not work at all until the editing room were um, the suburbs episode mm-hmm. uh, and uh, <clears throat> and the gang dines out, which we mm-hmm. had to just come up with two great ones. Yeah, different yeah. musical sort of theme. The suburbs one we went sort of with the shining and played it dark mm-hmm. uh, versus what was originally in there, which was like sunny music, sort of transitioning, and it just didn't work at all. And then. Um, and same with the sort of Italian theme that we have playing in that, uh, for whatever reason. Yeah. It, it gives it ne- like a Godfather feel or something. Gives it a Godfather know. feel. It needed that. <laughs> so it's, yeah, the whole process beginning and end is pretty crazy. It's a Viore. <laughs> Today's podcast is sponsored by Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel inspired by the active coastal California lifestyle. I love, I love, 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 love Viore. It's amazing. I do have a question. Oh, maybe your question is about how they're so well-made and flattering yet comfortable, um, so you want to change out of whatever you're wearing right then and straight into the Viore. No, no, I'm not unclear about that. That's all perfectly clear to me. And now that you are reminding me, I'm going to change into my Viore's as, as soon as this podcast is over and get a little more comfortable. Um, maybe your question's about how they're offsetting 100% of their carbon footprint and 100% of their plastic footprint from 2019 and beyond? No, uh, I was not wondering about that, but is that for real? Because now I am. That's that's, that's amazing. Yeah, so what was your question then? Why is it pronounced Viore? <laughs> yeah, because like, look at the letters. Like, we're Viore. I'm not seeing an E in there at all. You know, I'm seeing lots of other vowels. But so where are they getting the E sound? This is a V-U. Yeah, apparently it means a mountain in Finnish. You're finished? Um, <laughs> well, Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they're offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash sunnypod. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash sunnypod. Yeah, not only are you going to receive 20% off with your first purchase, but you're going to enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders uh, over 75 bucks and uh, free returns. So uh, go to viore.com slash sunnypod and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. You're going to like it. So now, now you guys are off working on other shows. You just came off of Dave. Yes, just came off of Dave. You were like doing Dave 
at the same time as Sunny. Yeah, it got a bit crazy. crazy. Yeah, you were doing Sunny and Dave at the same time. (laughs) Yes, no one seemed to consider that uh, (laughs) on the other end of conversations Mm -hmm. I wasn't a part of, that maybe there could be some communication. It's the same network. Shout out to FX. (laughs) Love love FX. Wouldn't work anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. You've been doing Rick and Morty for how many seasons now? Uh, I've been on it since middle of season four, and we're writing season nine right now. Jeez. Yeah, I've been running it the last five seasons or so, yeah. I When I heard you were going over there, I was like, oh, that's good. Because you're just so, like, even keel. I've been called and, like, human just, Xanax before. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's worked out. Well, you I'm know what's so I'm, funny? The, I'm the whisperer. I yeah. always forget this about you because I I run into you, your initial kind of, like, gear is you're, like, you're, you're in speed one. And you're very kind of steady. calm and steady and reserved. But unlike most people in cars that go up to, like, Five, you have like an eleven, and every now and then we start to unleash you and ramp you up. And when you get going, man, oh yeah, I feel like I had to pull you out of a refrigerator at a convenience store, like because I tried to climb into the back, yeah, like, freezer section. No, like, I tried to climb through where the beer. Yeah, yeah, you got like stuck under, and we had to, like pull yes, your legs uh, out. There's a switch. <laughs> Once the switch has been flipped, I'm capable of anything, yeah. uh, which is exciting. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. oh, he doesn't man. come out as often as he used to because I'm a dad now and uh, I need to be more. Shout out but, to uh, Griffin and Reagan. But, but it comes out of the writers' room too when the idea gets cooking right so oh, yeah. then like so we're talking and you're and, and you're very analytical and you're talking about it and then you stumble on something and then we start pitching something I'm like and then you under start a getting, chair somewhere you <laughs> start getting excited and then you just become unleashed which is i think we've piled know. a lot of life in i think we've yeah. we've got a ton of stories from you know our 20s and 30s that just were able to pull from i feel like we've done a lot do you guys ever feel like i feel like this sometimes where i'm like oh, i need to stop working and do some more living so I have some more yes uh, maybe every day I have that thought I think about yeah. that as I'm time. writing from the writer's perspective yeah. it's sort of yeah I don't know essential. what I'm writing from that yeah, is the hardest I, one of the hardest things of uh, our very difficult jobs as writers in Hollywood <laughs> uh, shout out to writers um, <laughs> just the uh, yeah you, once you find uh, some success and are able to to be working it can be all consuming and you aren't there's no it's all output and no input yeah, yeah it's so much out. output, and you need to. Well, if we strike, let's go out and live, guys. Yeah, and then we can bring it's, it all uh, back to yeah, the room. It's symmetry. In 2007, this. when we struck, I tried to get construction jobs because I just wanted to <laughs> be with people that I wasn't working with, and they were like, "No," like they're like <laughs> flatly uh, rejected. Sir, uh, I worked this at a is a career. We know what we're shop. doing. You can't just walk <laughs> in and start die out trying here. to build like, this no. What's final draft? So I ended, I ended up getting a job at a at a shit pill uh, place, like a place that sold colon cleanses. Ah, great. <laughs> Did, was Glenn ordering? Well, hi, are you sure? We don't care what your experience is. I worked uh, at a sign manufacturing shop, and then I worked at a newspaper in Santa, Santa Monica. That you were telling us during the strike, you were a you were a restaurant reviewer a restaurant for a short oh, amount I of time. Remember that. I wrote yeah. one review. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember you used to call a restaurant from Sunny, used to call La Dijonese, and you would ask them what their soup of the day was, which they would give, <laughs> and then you would ask them what their smell of the day was, and the person would lose their minds because you would do it every day to them. <laughs> <laughs> and then they'd be like, God damn it, no! <laughs> like, like, he got, me, he got me again! Like, you just hear that. Don't call her anymore! <laughs> and your smell of the day? Ah! Hear the person go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> any uh, final thoughts? Any parting thoughts? When we when we began doing this show, 
What kind of cell phone did you guys have? <laughs> was it a flip phone? Nokia. A Nokia, Nokia flip phone? Yeah. phone? yeah, I was trying to think. Definitely yeah. Nokia. I yep. we had to, Him and I bought cell phones. Uh, he was in L.A. before I was, and I landed, and neither of us had cell phones, and we couldn't find each other at the airport. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a real moment. And I, I don't remember why, but I feel like I got bust out into a— I don't even like know a, how I found you. I got busted out into a distant parking lot that you came off a bus and everyone was calling you Turtle or a made-up name you had. But we couldn't find each other for like two hours. Are you and a it was turtle? Terrible. It was, but it was terrible. And yeah. then the first place we went was to get cell phones because like we're like, never again. That sucked. Yeah, <laughs> like, we not should being buy one of these cellular telephones. Right to uh, Singular. Right to, to Singular Wireless. That, that juggernaut. We, let's go to the T-Mobile store. Have Rob and Glenn and I changed a lot? Is it, is it different? Oh, that's I mean, a great question. I mean, uh, Rob, you still, guys are my Rob still drives that pickup truck. Rob, <laughs> has, yeah, I, there's been a lot of changes. I would say you have changed the least by far. Yeah. Everyone yeah. remains the same person and the same person you're talking to. So that's great. Rob is, uh, it, you know, he's gotten into science. He's he's gotten into companies. Uh, Glenn yeah. is on the forefront he's a, he's of nutrition of and yeah. houses. And yeah. I still just want to tell good jokes. I just want to... I just want to you say, you, you're a simple man. I'm a you simple show man. up, you want to make him laugh and go home. I want to make him laugh. I might want to play a little golf. Yeah, exactly. I just want to make a good episode of TV. Have we changed? No, not not at all. You're just, just older. A little grayer. But a little grayer. A little grayer. But uh, you've only changed insofar that I don't get to see you guys as much as yeah. I like. Yeah, bums me up. Which, yeah. Let's end on that kind I'm of like, a let's, lamentful note. Yeah, let's go find a little dive bar and like just go nuts. It no, is, we got uh, the kids. We got not the to kids. make it like, uh, not to get too squishy right now, but I, that's like the thing that I miss the most is the time that we all used to spend together. Well, this is my point about, which is that what's so exciting about doing and what we got to do was that it was time well spent just making a thing we didn't have the kids, so maybe there was a little like time on the side where we could kind of uh, tool around, but just kind of lost in the weeds and 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 trying to come up with something and hoping you know people respond to it and not even really knowing how uh, speaking for myself, not knowing how I wrote yet and like how do like what are my yeah we were thrown and, into the trench. I mean you know yeah, we, went the, we went into largely the informed end. by uh, a lot of the. You know, your sensibilities. And back back at you. I mean, you, I think you guys changed the way I looked at writing, too. And so, oh, you know, there's I can go even further into sort of things that might appeal to me, but, you know, don't exist out in the world, and that it, people will connect with it. Charlie yeah. is the fastest script writer. I was just, oh, I the same thing too. I mean, insane. I think the show succeeded out of the early gates because you and Rob had a special sauce that I don't think you guys realized you had, and that yeah, both you could go off and write an excellent scripts like so as fast. fast as anyone that I've worked with, and we've worked for a while now. Yeah. Like uh, Re- really uh, weighs on me how fast you guys write. I know. <laughs> me too. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I think there's just you know because it's falling on our shoulders. Mm-hmm. There's no time to waste like if we don't get the scripts in there's no one to blame except us right yeah. so i think we just developed a skill to be like well just gotta pick an idea and go with it because there's time is ticking for me the speed has a lot to do with um uh trying to get out of out of my head yeah, so you're uh, like, great at stream of consciousness just. trying to get into that stream of consciousness mm-hmm. trying to tap into that you know i don't know where it's coming from Get into a flow, and just honestly start just talking as the characters, mm-hmm. yeah, and 
that talking, uh, just be like, okay, they're having a conversation. They're saying this, that, and the other thing. And no me in it. Like, just yeah. one of the characters saying, yeah, how do you guys feel about those sort of writing books and structures and models? Are you like, uh, well, I think it's good and really useful and you should do it? Or you're like, I think it's blown in. I think it, for me, just speaking personally, it was good to read them and sort of see different ways that people are thinking about it. And, but then sort of leaving it behind, uh, as not using it as like a, a manual for like, no, it has to go like this. It's just. I'm a story nerd, so I'm into all different types. Like it was awesome being at Sunny Forever and just kind of being able to go for broke and not being really confined. And then we slid over to Network with Mick and that was way more, you know, by the book. And Rick and Morty works on the story circle, which is Dan Harmon's thing. And that's, it's an awesome cheat sheet. I mean, that's the only way that show goes. And it's yeah. been fun in my career just to keep changing it up in different ways. Yeah, like some structure is really invaluable in terms of just getting the work done, right? With Sunny, we know usually it's 12 scenes. So just right, yeah, knowing, they're, always, they're always standards. Yeah, yeah. numbers yeah. one through 12. If, yeah. we, if we have that, we have an episode. I, I, I've heard uh, David Lynch saying like, uh, he's like, if you want to write a movie, you know, get note cards, write 90 or, or 70 scenes. You know, each card is a scene. Then fill those cards out with what the scene is. Then you got a movie. Uh, <laughs> but to some extent, it's true, you know. Then like, drop all the cards. Then drop, reshuffle them in an order up, that doesn't make sense up. to even yourself. Yeah. Shoot it in that order, <laughs> and the fans will call it. Mulholland make something Drive. indecipherable <laughs> to an audience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, Love get those one. cards lost in the wind. <laughs> then make your movie. I, I mean, I'm, I still don't feel like I know how to break a story, and at this true. point, you do. I know but, that you know I do, what? but I feel like I don't. It's yeah. what I like about it is like because I'm a story nerd as well, and it puts names on what is actually in, instinctual. Like uh -huh. a, a story feels like it's done when it feels satisfying, and mm -hmm. that's like an instinct that you have. But knowing why it feels satisfying can sometimes help. You know, yeah. like yeah. what are the turns? What are the inversions? What should some? What kind of things should be happening in the first act? How should that relate to the end of the second act? Those sorts of things. Because I did where, the opposite. Where does the dog melt? Yeah, where does the dog <laughs> melt? Where does the cat get lost in the yeah. wall? Uh, where's the egg come out? But I think, like anything else, if you just get so fixated on it, just because it fits the story structure, doesn't mean it's a good story. Right. Yeah. Well, that's writing. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Scott, this is what a podcast is. Uh, so <laughs> Has you're, anyone you're, been on a podcast before listening to a podcast? You're the first person ever. That's how be. I normally operate. Yeah. yeah. Will you well, listen to this? Um, well, you don't have to. No. You, you live now. <laughs> Why would I? Was, certainly wouldn't listen to myself. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you should listen to some podcasts here and there. You might. You might Check find. Well, if I hear a lot of good things about this one from you, people that are just that just yeah. like it. I mean. Well, uh, you listen to music like when you work out, or uh, like uh, when? When are you listening to anything? When are you? I feel like I'm still writing to like thundering techno that we listen to in college. <laughs> he writes like, to like the most aggressive like German techno music. <laughs> really? Oh, dude, that's my kid, man. It's like he's all just he's like I I I listen to his music um when I drive him to school, and it's all just like German techno, like 
crazy. They used intense. to like joke on the Mick, like it, it, that Facebook movie when those programmers are working, like he's wired in. Like you just hear thundering techno coming out of headphones, and I'm just writing. <laughs> <laughs> so Takes funny. me to a weird place. It's like the, the song at the beginning of the movie Blade. <laughs> love, love, love that song. Murder sweet spot for writing. <laughs> Good blood rave music. Oof. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Something people would do like lots of drugs too. He's in an office sober writing. It, it calms script. you down. Yes, it soothes you. I guess so. Yeah. Oh man. Well. We've done it. We've done it, this guys. Is this it? is That's this it. is this that was is all what it, takes. it is. That's podcast. Podcast. There is no writing. You just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. It's talk. Nice. Just catching up. And then yeah. it just sort of ends. And then it just sort of ends. Yeah.